It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you do not have Twitter, you can email the show lothunderpod at gmail.com. This is a huge episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast because there's a lot to discuss. The NBA releases their schedule. The Thunder make a ton of roster moves and a lot more. Let's start with the roster moves. Of course, Lou Dort has been at the center of this stoppage for the Thunder. He was on a two-way deal this entire season, and at the time of the stoppage, he was going to be converted to an NBA contract, but they just ran out of time before coronavirus wiped out the season, and now they've gotten that time back thanks to the transaction window. The Thunder have signed Lou Dort to a four-year, 54 million dollar deal, making him not only postseason eligible this year, but also a key piece to the rotation for the next four years. This is a good deal for Dort in the sense that he's an undrafted, you know, free agent, comes to Oklahoma City and solidifies himself as an NBA player. I still can't believe that Sam Presti pulled this off to only be giving him four years, $5.4 million, and some of that is only partially guaranteed. I get it that the the salary cap is likely going to plummet this year and maybe even next year, and sure, he wouldn't have a ton of suitors this offseason, but I think he could have gotten a little bit more than this. But obviously, as a Thunder fan, you're not going to complain about uh, a team getting a team-friendly deal, Uh, but it's still good for Dort. This is still a great deal for Dort considering all of those factors, and I think that Dort is someone who you can be excited about in Oklahoma City, and a lot of people are excited about in Oklahoma City. This is not a Deontay Burton-level signing. Of course, the Thunder converted Deontay Burton to this similar deal, and he hasn't shown up since. I mean, he was always a gimmick, though. I think that if Deontay Burton looked a little different, if he was a little bit slimmer, people would not have fallen in love with Deontay Burton. I really don't. He was always a gimmick to me. He was always someone, and I've wrote about this before. Uh, I've done a lot of articles about this. He was always someone who didn't look like they were supposed to be so athletic and so explosive. So whenever they were, then people just fell in love with him. But he was never an NBA player. He was never going to be an NBA player, and he's not going to be an NBA player. Lou Dort, though, the only question remaining for Lou Dort is if he can shoot the ball. That's going to determine how good Lou Dort can be. He's going to be a rotation player in the NBA, which is huge, especially for a guy you got uh, after the draft in the undrafted free agent market. He's going to be a role player. But the question is, how much further can he take his game? Right now, he's a starter on the Thunder, uh, playing great defense, matching up with the top of the top uh, scorers on the opposite side. But how far can he take his game? And it's going to rely only on the shooting. That's what he lacks. He has the confidence. He is decisive with the basketball, a former point guard, so he's really good in the playmaking aspect of things. I, I like what he does. The shooting is the only question mark that you have for Lou Dort. And 
Sure, he's only shooting 30% from three this year, but he's still taking the shots, which is a huge deal. Look at Terrence Ferguson. Look at other guys. Look at other rookies around the league and young guys around the league. The confidence is a big deal in the NBA. And Lou Dort is not afraid of the shot. He's not afraid of the moment, which is big. He's only shooting 30%, but his free throw percentage is 77%. And a lot of the times you can project someone's three-point percentage based off their free throw percentage. So, you know, if he can increase that from 30 and jump that up to, say, 35%, he is a perfect player. He's a perfect sixth, seventh guy in your rotation and even a starter on some of these teams. I love the Ludor contract. It's very, very, very team-friendly. It's very team-friendly. But again, given the uncertainty around the offseason and around the salary cap and things like that, I can also see where Lou Dort wants to lock himself into some security. He's not going to run the risk that Deontay Burton is of not having the team pick up the option. The Thunder are going to want to keep Lou Dort around. He is the real guy. He is everything that you wanted Deontay Burton to be, and he's going to be better than that. So it's going to be awesome to watch him grow in Oklahoma City. I think he's obviously going to stay in that starting lineup in Orlando. But the Thunder also made another another transaction throughout this transaction window, and that is signing uh, Devin Hall to a substitution player contract. So he's only eligible to play for the Thunder in Orlando. I don't really care about this move, really. I mean, I don't think that he'll play. I, I think that it's truly a substitution player. He will only play if someone gets hurt uh, or if someone gets the virus or whatever the case may be. Uh, then he'll go in. He's not going to be a part of the rotation. He's not going to be a part of the plan in Orlando, but you just need the body. And why not fill out your roster completely? Why not take as many players to Orlando as you can? I think that it's clear uh, that Oklahoma City is invested in Hall and they're trying to squeeze out whatever kind of whatever kind of payback they can get out of drafting Devin Hall in the second round. I think that that part of it's clear. I think that there was a lot of other options, even on the blue, that would have been better than Devin Hall. But I can see where the Thunder are looking at this and saying, well, we spent a second-round pick on this guy. Let's just bring him to Orlando just in case, and then maybe uh, he can finally have it all click. He's a fine point guard. He's never going to be an NBA player. At best, he can be a two-way guy, and he was a two-way guy for part of this season. But I don't see anything really progressing from this substitution player. I think that you, you take someone to Orlando who is like Hall, who knows the system, who's been in your organization for a long time, who spent some time with the Thunder. That way, if you do need to use him, you're not throwing someone in there who's never been on the same floor as Chris Paul, who's never been practicing with, with guys like Paul and Shea and, and Adams and guys like that. At least Evan Hall has the experience a little bit, as much as you can have for a substitution 2A player. You know, he's not on a two-way deal, but for a substitution you know, G League type player, this is a fine move. I don't think that it's going to make or break the Thunder. And I honestly don't think that any of you will remember that Devin Hall's on this roster come August 2nd when the Thunder tip off or August 1st when the Thunder tip off. So that's the news for the transaction side of things. Lou Dort signs that four-year $5.4 million deal. How can you not love that deal? I don't see how anyone can nitpick at that deal. The only thing you can say about that deal is that it's very team-friendly. So maybe Dort didn't get all the money he could have, but the Thunder should not complain about that. That's all the transactions. We can move into the schedule release and other NBA news right after this. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice, and that's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations 
to local and national organizations to fight for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching all of our donations up to an additional $10,000. To make a donation alongside of us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Let me tell you about our good friends over at Blinkist. They are one of the most useful apps on my phone. Blinkist is unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best and key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and allows you to listen to them or read them in just 15 minutes. I throw Blinkist on while I'm getting some work done at my desk, and I want to learn some new information. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist is offering our audience a very special deal. Go to Blinkist.com backslash NBA and try it for free for the first seven days. And then save 25% off your subscription. Again, that's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash NBA to try it for free for the first seven days and then save 25% off your subscription. Again, promo code NBA at Blinkist.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the NBA released their schedule on Friday night on ESPN. The Thunder schedule is very tough. I'm not going to lie to you. The Thunder schedule is tough on paper. Whenever you actually input the strength of schedule formula and things like that, they actually end up in the middle of the pact in terms of the grand scheme of the NBA. But just focusing strictly on the Thunder, it is a tough road you know, in Orlando. So we can do some wacky win-loss radio, which is a staple of sports radio uh, moving forward. But as of right now, the schedule is this. The Jazz and Thunder tip off on August 1st at 2.30. That's going to be August 1st for that game that should have happened um, the night that, that the season was, of course, suspended in Oklahoma City with Rudy Gobert and the positive tests in Utah, uh, from Utah. And then the Thunder are going to move on and play the Denver Nuggets on the 3rd. On the 5th, they're going to take on LeBron James and the Lakers. On the 7th, they're going to take on the Memphis Grizzlies, who are trying to hold on to that 8th seed. On the 9th, they're going to take on the Wizards. And then the, the back-to-back, every team gets one back-to-back. The Thunder are going to have a back-to-back with the Wizards on the 9th and the Suns on the 10th. An easy back-to-back, all things considered. That's the two easiest teams you can play on a back-to-back. I would say maybe uh, if you change out the Suns for the Spurs, that would be probably the easiest. Uh, but still, a very easy back-to-back uh, right there. And then they move on on the 12th and play the Heat, and then the Clippers on the 14th. The big thing with this, though, and I'm not sure if this will still carry over into the bubble, but every time these players play a special afternoon game, usually on Sundays on on ABC, they always complain about the afternoon tip-offs. They always say how you know it's hard to get ready for them, it's hard to get your body ready. So if it's already hard to play at 2.30, and then we're going to throw in throw you into a bubble environment where it's going to be taking some time to get used to that environment. Uh, and then they're going to take away the fans and things like that. I wonder how difficult the matinee games will be. And the Thunder play a lot of them. So the Jazz game is at 2.30. The Nuggets game is at 3. Uh, the Lakers game is at 5.30. The Grizzlies game is at 3. The Wizards are at 11.30 a.m. So that will be a very fun a very fun wake-up call to watch the Wizards game. The Suns are at 1.30, and then you have the Heat at 7 and the Clippers to be determined. So the Thunder do have a lot of afternoon games. We'll see if that impacts things. Uh, I lean towards it won't. I lean towards, you know, 
once you get into the bubble and you get settled in Disney World, uh, at the end of the day, you're just going to go play basketball. You're just going to go play basketball whenever they tell you to. I think that the big deal with that, um, the big deal with that in a normal situation is if I've played this entire week at 7.30 and then all of a sudden after a, after a Friday night game, I have to get ready for a Sunday afternoon game. That's a quick turnaround that you're not really used to yet. And especially considering it's a one-off thing, it's only going to be one afternoon game. But I also want to talk about the Thunder schedule in the sense of resting Gallo because Gallo has taken off every back-to-back this year and he has a chance to do it again in Orlando. The Wizards are already without Davis Bertans. He's going to opt out. He's not going to Orlando. By the time you get to August 9th, I can't see a way that the Wizards are still competing. I can't see a way that the Wizards are still in the mix for that 8th seed, for that play-in game. So I doubt that they have Bradley Beal. You take away Beal, you take away Bertans, the Thunder can absolutely and should absolutely beat the Wizards without Gallo. And Gallo's had a phenomenal, quote-unquote, off-season, I guess you could call this period here. Uh, He's gotten in great shape on Instagram and things like that. Uh, But if they want to rest him, if they want to load manage that back-to-back with any player, uh, the Wizards game on the front end is the one that you should set out because... You just get done playing on the 7th with the Grizzlies. That Grizzlies game is going to be tough. The Grizzlies are just going to fight tooth and nail to hold on to that playoff spot. So after a tough game with Memphis, on the 9th, you just sit out against the Wizards because uh, they're not going to have Bertans. And I, I really don't think that they'll have Bradley Beal. I, I really don't. So that's a great game to load manage, and then you come back and play the Suns the next uh, afternoon. As far as the schedule, again, it's a tough schedule, uh, but... Most of the schedules are consistent with what the team had at the time of the stoppage. So, for example, the Grizzlies have the hardest schedule. I mean, in my opinion, on paper, they have the hardest schedule. And that's consistent with what happened at the time of the NBA stoppage. If you remember the storylines before that night in Oklahoma City, everyone was talking about how the Grizzlies are the eighth seed, so the Grizzlies have a hard schedule. They haven't played a lot of good teams yet. They're going to play these good teams, and it's going to – create a pathway for the uh, Pelicans who had an easy schedule to jump up and grab the Grizzlies. And this schedule release where it really put everyone on the forefront of what's happening here, where you see the, the, the Pelicans get an easy schedule. You see the Pelicans, you know, you know, get such a, a cushiony road to these eight games and you automatically assume that they're raking the league for Zion. But this is consistent with what was happening at the time of the NBA stoppage. Obviously, you're not going to have all 30 teams, so it's going to be a little bit harder to make sure that everyone plays the same quality of schedule they were going to play. But just go back to that night in Oklahoma City. At the time of the stoppage, the Pelicans had the easiest schedule. The Grizzlies had the hardest schedule. You got that in Orlando. That's, that, to me, that's just staying true to what likely would have happened at the time of the restart. I don't think that that's really rigging it for Zion. That's just that's just being consistent to me. Um, and do the does the NBA want Zion to, to play in the play-in game? Yes. Does the NBA want Zion to play LeBron James in the first round? Yes. The whole point of going to the bubble is to get money, and the only way you get money is on the TV deals because no one can go to the games. So the only way to get money from the TV deals is to have people watch the TV games. And are you more likely to watch? Zion than say Damian Lillard with the, with the Blazers or even this young Grizzly squad. Now for me, I love the Grizzly squad. I like watching the Grizzlies more than I like watching the Pelicans. I like John Morant. I like Jaron Jackson Jr. I like Justice Winslow who's going to be coming back. But a casual NBA fan, 
they're going to want to watch Zion. So yes, the NBA does want Zion to succeed because I'm going to watch and you're going to watch whatever game is put on in front of you. The casual NBA fan, as we start moving forward and, and people go back to work, go back to school, they're only going to pay attention to the marquee games and Zion is already a marquee game. But the NBA didn't do anything to purposefully put the Pelicans in a better position. This is how the schedule would have played out if we finished the season. And so it only makes sense to do this uh, inside the bubble as well. Now, some teams did get quote-unquote screwed with the schedule release. I mean, the, the Raptors have a hard schedule. Uh, the, the Sixers have a very, very, very easy schedule. I, I think that they have an easier schedule than the Pelicans, honestly. Um, but ultimately, it's all going to play out. And really, we don't know anything uh, about this startup in Orlando. We really don't. I mean, these players have had all, the, all this time off, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they won't still load manage because you're still not going to try to ramp up your body and try to, you know, go 110% right out of the gates. Absolutely not. So you look at that Lakers game on the fifth for the Thunder. Is LeBron playing? Is AD playing? And if they are playing, are they going for wins as some as a team that's already locked up the first seed in the West? Are they going for wins? Or are they just going to go... Uh, get get some get some blood flow get 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 back in the scheme of things get back in the into basketball shape get their work in and then sit out for the rest of the game like a preseason game as a team like the Lakers and, and the Bucks who already have their positioning locked up the Nuggets are another team what are they going to do uh, with Jokic and guys like that uh, as we move forward into the bubble so let's just start with the Thunder's first opponent the Utah Jazz and. People are kind of being lazy right now with their analysis, I think, because people look at the Jazz in the fourth seed and they come up with these scenarios where they can move up. The Jazz are not moving up. The Jazz are a bad basketball team. They were a bad basketball team before the break, and now they've lost uh, Boyan, who was a key part to their offense, the most important part to their offense. Who knows what's happening with Mitchell and Gobert? Uh, Conley never fit in there. Can he fit in in an eight-game stretch here in the bubble? The Jazz are no longer a good team, and this could come back to bite me, but I just don't see it with the Jazz. They're going to move down, I think. I don't think that there's any chance that they move up. So I I would love to play the Jazz, and I've said that all along on this podcast. So in game one, I think that the Thunder are going to win. Now you move against the Nuggets, and you know this is a, a matchup that's been exciting all year to watch whenever these two teams get together, uh, but... I'll go ahead and give this one to the Nuggets, and then you move on to the Lakers, and it goes back to what I said. Is LeBron going to play? Is AD going to play? And are they going to play 110%, or are they going to play to get some work in and then sit out and not really go for the juggler, not really go for the win? Uh, so I'll give this to the Lakers, though, just just for uh, you know the point of this. So they're 1-2 and two right now. They take on the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are going to go for it. The Grizzlies are going to put out their best effort, uh, and I think that that still is not good enough to beat the Thunder because I think that the Thunder will rise to that challenge, uh, and in that clutch moment, they'll show again that they're a great clutch team, and they'll beat the Grizzlies, so then that puts them to 2-2. Two and two. I have them beating both the Wizards and the Suns on a back-to-back. Again, at this point in the bubble, the Wizards will not have Bradley Beal. I think that he will opt out by this time or at least sit out. I don't see him competing on the 9th of August after the Wizards are uh, eliminated from contending and eliminated from um, the play-in game. And they already don't have Bertans, and they're already not a good team with those two guys. 
So I think that they're going to beat the Wizards. I think they're going to beat the Suns. Same kind of thing here. By the 10th, the Suns are going to be buried and not have a chance at the play-in game. So why would you even put your franchise players out there like Aiton and like Booker uh, just to get hurt in with like three games to go or two games to go in the restart with a, with a season right on the heels? I mean, we would expect the season to start no later than Christmas, and this is August. So, I mean, why would you even risk an injury here? And then you got the Heat, who I think are going to be a very, very good team in this bubble. And 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 maybe they can take this time to refocus because they had a good stretch to start the year. They kind of scuffled a little bit uh, here in the middle part of the year. I'm going to give this to the Thunder, actually. I've, I've kind of gone back and forth in this game, and I'm sure I'll, I'll change my mind on this game like 15,000 times. But I think that the clutch, the clutch gene of the Thunder will outweigh the Heat, and they'll win that game. And then I could see the Thunder and uh, Clippers matchup going either way, not because the Clippers are a bad team or because that the Thunder matchup well. I think that the Thunder, this is the, their worst matchup in the West. In the West, their worst matchup is the Clippers, but are the Clippers going to play Kawhi and Paul George? It'll really depend on their seeding position and, and what is there to gain on the last day of the year. For the Thunder, there's a ton to gain on the last game of the year, a ton. They, they can go anywhere from three to seven in this restart. So every game matters for the Thunder, where every game does not matter for the Clippers and for the Lakers. So on one hand, on the paper, it looks like a tough schedule, but you really dig into the teams that you're going to play, and they might not care as much. If I was going to put down a bet, even though we just went through the wins and losses, I'm just going to go ahead and say they're going to go four and four in this restart. That was my initial reaction uh, when the schedule was, re- was, was released on Friday, I'm going to stick with that 4-4 four and four prediction right here. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar because Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and get $10 off that first order. I love Built Bar. They are fantastic, low in calorie, low in carb, low in sugar, high in protein, great for pre-workout, great for post-workout. They are great. I love that chocolate coating on the outside. Very easy to chew, easy to get down, no chalky aftertaste. They are fantastic. Go over to BuiltBar.com, get yourself an order of Built Bar, and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off that first order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's wrap the show up with some NBA news. Willie Cauley-Stein has opted out of the bubble. He was the backup center for the Dallas Mavericks, who have now signed Trey Burke to kind of fill his role. You know, this is a big deal for the Thunder because the Mavericks and Thunder are going to be moving back and forth in the standings uh, and possibly could see each other in the postseason in the first round if, if things kind of shake out wild in the, these eight games. Uh, but this is not a big deal for the, for the Mavericks. It really isn't. They didn't play Willie Cauley-Stein all that much anyway. Uh, Trey Burke is a is a nice addition to fill in for Jalen Brunson, who's not going to play either as he nurses a shoulder injury. Uh, but, Stein, but Willie Cauley-Stein was not really a big part of the rotation to begin with. Guys like Christoph Przingis, guys like Maxi Kleber, uh, you know, they even have um, Boban, who played very well for them in stretches. Their big man rotation is fine because they're still going to run lineups uh, where you only have one big on the floor. 
between getting minutes from Luca, uh, Seth, uh, Seth Curry, Dorian Finley-Smith, uh, and Tim Hardaway Jr., there's only room there for another big, and that's going to, of course, be Christoph Porzingis. So they're not going to rely on, on Willie Colley-Stein. They were never going to. Uh, and him opting out for the sake of his pregnant wife makes sense. He should be respected for that. Uh, but on the floor, for basketball reasons, uh, this will not really matter for the Dallas Mavericks. And then Avery Bradley also opts out, aimed health concerns uh, for the Lakers. He was alongside Kyrie Irving on these conference calls talking about uh, the restart being dangerous and things like that. So him opting out makes sense. But the Lakers are looking to add J.R. Smith, and that's really what caused some stir in the NBA Twitter world. And I just cannot wait for J.R. Smith to play alongside Thunder legend Deion Waiters and and Rondo and LeBron. I think it'll be a very uh, funny funny lineup that you have there. We all remember the J.R. Smith memes and the J.R. Smith situation in the NBA Finals in Cleveland, uh, forgetting how much time that there was on that last possession. Uh, There are some more positive tests around the NBA. The Kings, Alex Lynn and Jabari Parker and Buddy Heald, all tested tested positive. Buddy Heald was at the Skins League and he was playing uh, around the same time Darius Baisley was not Uh, Not the same game, uh, but uh, I think that they played within a week of each other at that Skins League, which is incredibly dangerous considering that they're not doing any social distancing at that Skins League, and they're just kind of letting it all fly out. I don't know why NBA players like Buddy Hield and Baisley and Trey Young went there, but they did, and Buddy Hield got it. Now, it's not confirmed that that's where he got it, but it certainly did not help anything that you went to a packed gym and played pickup pickup ball in Oklahoma City. Uh, But there you go. There's three more positive tests along with Malcolm Brogdon, all-star for the Pacers. As of right now, there's no positive test from the Thunder so that's good. I'm sure that everyone has been tested by now, obviously, as you start testing guys when they return to the facility last week. So there's still some positive tests out there that haven't been named, and I don't think that we really need to know their names. Uh, these positive tests, as I've said, don't really matter right now. I mean, they don't impact the start of the season. Um, there's still plenty of time to quarantine and get that negative test you need to play basketball before July 31st and July 30th when these teams start. This is not a big deal, and this was totally expected, so don't think that you know the NBA didn't plan on this. Every person involved, from the PA to the NBA to the media to the players themselves, everyone knew when they came back they would see a rush of positive tests. The problem is going to be once they get to the bubble, if there are still positive tests going around, and once you're in that bubble, if you test positive, there's a good chance that you've spread it around to multiple teams and multiple players, and that wouldn't be good. But as of right now, these were all expected, and that does not hinder the league from moving forward with their plan. And the last thing about this plan is a lot of people are like trying to act like, like they're, they're doing some investigative journalism work whenever they point out this is all about money. Yeah, this is what else would there would they be doing this for? And it's not just money for the owners; it's money for the players; it's money for everyone. Uh, yes, this is all about money. I think that we should all point that out and kind of move on from that. I mean, did you think they were doing this for the betterment of the country for entertainment purposes? No, they're they're doing it for money. I mean, th- th- this is this is not something you can play gotcha on. We all knew going in this was about money. That's all it can be about. If it if they had their TV deals locked up and they had their money in hand for this season, they wouldn't be restarting. It's not about crowning a champion. It's about getting money. So I, I, I don't understand why people, like every other day there's a story about, you know, that there's some huge monologue about, oh, this is only about money and the NBA only cares about money. Yeah, we know. The NBA only cares about money. The players only care about money. They're going to go get their money. 
That's the bottom line. Uh, but tomorrow is going to be an interesting show as well. There's a lot of news coming out about how players are going to be able to voice their opinions and to express themselves when it comes to on the floor about social injustice, which is really awesome. And I cannot wait to dive into that tomorrow. But that's been the show today, a big show talking about Lou Dort, Devin Hall, the schedule release. And tomorrow we're going to dive more into the schedule release from an NBA perspective and not just the Thunder. So that will be fun as well. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.